Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at D Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. City lights and business nights when you require streetcar desire from higher heights. No place for beginners or sensitive hearts. When sentiment is left to chance, no place to be ending but somewhere to start. No need to ask. He's a smooth operator, but he's not a prancing horse. Coast to coast, Rome to Marnello, across the peninsula, serves love for sale for a smooth operator. Must leave his diamond life as now the seat belongs to a man uh, with a suit of armor. For the question we will ask today, can Italy prevail with a British knight? Hello, folks. This is Smooth Operators Friday at 1 o'clock. I'm Noah Phillips. The man clapping is Griggs Blankenberg. The man in front of me is Ben McClurkin, and I have lit my fire. Let's go. Ferrari is winning it all. Team LH, Team Lewis Hamilton, Team Britain, Team Italian, Team anything that has to do with Europe, Ferrari is winning it all. Prancing horses, take it to the bank. Oh, my. I can't. That's probably the greatest intro we've done. Yeah, it was really good. That was a really great intro. Oh my goodness. So so to report the news, um, Lewis Hamilton has announced that he will be signing with Ferrari from 2025 on a multi-year estimated at $100 million per, per year contract. Yes. So he's probably made one of the largest career moves, I would say maybe the largest career move in Formula One Ever, yeah, yeah, I, it's mind blowing. I, I cannot, I cannot believe what has just transpired. And I mean, I toyed with the idea. I even talked about it briefly on the show, but I had no, no indication that that would happen in 2025. I thought maybe instead of retiring, he go there and just kind of, you know, whatever. But n- no, he plans on being competitive and racing, racing into into the late 2020s with Plans. a career with a career that has started in 2005. I don't know why you're saying plans to be competitive. Well, I mean, you know, he could die. He is going to be competitive, and we are going to win it all. Ferrari is going to win There's it no all. guarantee yeah. of anything, but Ferrari Ferrari had better get their act together very, very soon. I'm glad I'm just letting Noah cook some of this episode. But Yeah, cook go, away, sir. Let's go into more of the details, like Ben was saying, from Formula1.com. Seven-time F1 world champion Lewis Hamilton will make a sensational switch from Mercedes to Ferrari next year on a multi-year contract, a move he called... One of the hardest decisions I have ever had to make. Lewis Hamilton has yet to come out with a public statement on in either of his main social media platforms. We will keep you informed if that is the case later on in the show. But Hamilton has raced for the Silver Arrows since the 2013 season and has won six of his seven world titles with the team, adding to the crown he achieved at McLaren earlier in his career. He had also recommitted to Mercedes last summer, signing yeah. a new deal to keep him aboard through 2025. But this will now be cut short due to uh, to allow for this headline making move. He op- he had a contract clause where he was able to opt out. I didn't uh, know about the opt out clause. I remember seeing that uh, Hamilton's decision comes after two challenging seasons for the Brackley squad, who have struggled to adapt to F1's latest ground effect era and have dropped behind Red Bull in the pecking order. It means Hamilton will link up with Charles Leclerc, who recently agreed an extension with the Scuderia beyond 2024. While Carlos Sainz, have already, he's already announced, will have to make way at the end 
of this year on Thursday evening, Mercedes confirmed that both they and Hamilton will be parting ways at the end of 2024 with Hamilton activating a release option in his contract. Ferrari soon followed by announcing the seven-time world champion will be joining from 2025 on a multi-year contract. Lewis to Hamilton did have a little bit of a statement. I'll read some of it now. I have had an amazing 11 years with this team, and I'm so proud of what we have achieved together. Mercedes has been part of my life since I was 13 years old. It's a place where I've grown up, so making the decision to leave was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. But the time is right for me to take this step, and I'm excited to be taking on a new challenge. I'll be forever grateful for the incredible support of my Mercedes family, especially Toto, for his friendship and leadership, and I want to finish on a high together. I am 100% committed to delivering the best performance I can this season and making my last year with the Silver Arrows one to remember, end quote. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's 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 big. It's very, very big. I mean, I think, I think for that vote of no confidence from Lewis being directed towards Mercedes is really saying a lot, considering he hasn't even driven the car yet. Yeah, technically he did kind of. Well, he drove a simulation like it, that. That big of a, this is not the way we need to go. That big of a a, a, a saying, like we don't have the pace for the next five years is essentially what he's saying and and that's that's mind-blowing and all of this kind of stems back to um the rule change right so Mm -hmm. mercedes was king of the high downforce cars but that wasn't necessarily just because of their aerodynamics it was because they had the best engine by up to half a second per lap at one point and at the peak of their powers. Um, 2020 was a great example of that. But the reason the reason that Mercedes is even in this position to begin with is because they they had a com- they had a competitive engine and they they had a more competitive engine than anybody else during the during the high downforce period and during the the barge board era where there was a lot of complicated aerodynamics and Mercedes was able to f- focus on on that because they had the engine that was clearly better than it, anybody else's. Um, and what Red Bull didn't have was a good engine. Red Bull, after they switched power units, and I'm going to do a little bit of a story here. Okay, go off. Uh, but Red Bull, after, after um, they went from V8 cars to V6 turbo hybrid cars, were using um, Renault. Right, mm-hmm. and they were badged as Infinity because Renault at the time was a uh, parent brand of Nissan, which is a parent brand of Infinity. Um, fortunately, their CEO smuggled himself um, in a box. That'll be a story for another day. But um, before all of the all of the manufacturer controversy, Renault had built a very, very, very crude turbo hybrid engine compared to Mercedes. Mercedes built two in the same time that Renault built one, like two separate power unit concepts. And so Mercedes' second concept, which they made before the season started, um, was significantly better than, than Renault. It was significantly better than Ferrari. And those were, those were the power unit manufacturers at the time. It was just those three. And um, they had that advantage right out of the gate and immediately began dominating. And it took the other teams five, six years to catch up. I mean, 2019, there was two races where Ferrari won. They were caught cheating um, with their fuel flow restriction. 2020, 
I think Mercedes won all but maybe two races of that year. I can't remember because it was just such a dominant period. But it, for such a long span of time, Mercedes was ahead purely because of engines. And then 2021, there was a change, an aerodynamic rule change, which favored the high-rake Red Bull cars and kind of harmed the Mercedes low-rake design, which is rake as the angle of the car. And the Mercedes was much flatter. The Red Bull is much more angled, right? The car points down to the ground. Like an arrow. Right. Back back, back in the day when the floors had to be flat, you could generate downforce more by angling the car. And so that's what Red Bull did. Anyway, all that to say, Mercedes dropped the ball with the aerodynamic regulations by making a floor that was aimed at making the highest amount of downforce possible, which is in theory good, right? The mm-hmm. problem is, is the cars had trouble regulating their aero balance. And that's where you saw the porpoising. If you remember the cars bouncing up and down the straights in Azerbaijan at a very, very high frequency, right? That, that caused a lot of pain and discomfort for the drivers, but it was also bad for performance in other areas because the car's aero platform was not well balanced. It was aimed at making as much downforce as possible, but it overwhelmed the car's capabilities. Red Bull, on the other hand, aimed at making a balanced aerodynamic platform that would work in every circumstance, right? So that informed their suspension design, their anti-squat, anti-dive, right? Their cars behave better under braking. They behave better down the straights. They behave better in the corners because it was consistent amounts of grip, not as much grip as possible at a certain point. And so you wouldn't have the stalling. You wouldn't have the porpoising. You would have none of these issues from the Red Bull. And that's what that's what's allowed Red Bull to dominate for the past two years of these regulations. And coming into this season, Lewis Hamilton said they, that Mercedes still hasn't figured it out. It's time to jump ship after this, after my contract clause is up, which is very concerning if you're a Mercedes fan. It's very relieving if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan because I'm sure, I'm sure you know now that Lewis is headed to headed to a better place. The land of greatness. Safer waters, if you will. But I don't I'm not sure if I'm entirely confident in Ferrari. Um this isn't to sound like a hater, but I think I think the biggest career move of all time could still go down in history as being a blip in Lewis Hamilton's career because I don't know if Ferrari's going to be that dominant force that it once was. I don't know if they're going to figure out their aerodynamic concept and that is that's, that remains to be seen. I think Ferrari, if they get it right, they could get it really, really right, and we could see some incredible things. But they could also get it really, really wrong, and sometimes they have been guilty of that, especially in the in more recent years. You can't so, be wrong after listening to Noah's poem, though. I mean, be. I better not be. This team I, is winning everything. I, I said it would it. make me so happy to see Lewis and Charles competing for a championship against one another because they really both are number one drivers. As I said, it's going to be awesome. As I said in the Auburn F1 fans group, me, mm-hmm. Ferrari is winning it all. We are winning the Super Bowl. They're going to the bowl. We are going to the win the Super Bowl. We are going to win every single cup, every single trophy, every single award, every single plaque, every single check that you can win by being a Formula One team. And you best believe that Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc are going to be. One and two on podiums. I don't know which one. I hope so. Well, I don't know which one is going to be on one. I don't know which one's going to be on two. I 
I don't care. I want them to be fighting back and forth. You folks better get uh, ready to listen to that uh, British anthem again. Oh, baby. Get ready to speak Italian slash British. British is just English, my friend. Monogast. Monogast. Whatever whatever the Monacos speak. (laughs) But that is going to do it for our first talk on this segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about the fallout of what this means. Who's going to Mercedes? Where's Carlos Sainz going to go? And more about the 2024 driver market, or 2025 driver market. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Hello, everybody. We're back after a very short break. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin. Uh, joined alongside me is Griggs and Noah. And guys, the, the, the Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari transfer is one that we haven't, we never saw coming. Well, I say that. We talked about it briefly, uh, kind of as a hypothetical, almost as a joke. But but there's there's very, very many consequences and fallouts and the big one is who's gonna take that seat at mercedes alongside george russell presumably i don't even know um where george is gonna wind up but who's gonna take that spot and i'll I'll, I'll give you a few options uh out of my most likely options and i want you all to do best worst and most likely okay so okay i i've narrowed it down to six potential candidates um number one Obviously, is going to be Carlos Sainz, right? He's he's the first guy that comes to mind. Number two, Alex Albon. He is currently in the Mercedes, uh, under the Mercedes fold, uh, while working for Williams. Um, let me think. Number three, you could have somebody like uh, Kemi Antonelli, who has just joined F two. Um, He's in the Mercedes Academy, showing a lot of promise. Now, I don't want to put all of this pressure on a young driver because debutants never perform to our expectations. Um, they either exceed or they go way below. So I don't want to put any of that unnecessary pressure on him. Not that he would hear what I have to say anyways. But um, Kimmy Antonelli is an option. You could have Fernando Alonso. That's an option. Um Let's see. Let's see. Who? Who else? <laughs> Lance Stroll. If there's oh an <laughs> he's the number one driver, man. It's all right. <laughs> number one driver at Aston Martin. But you could see um, basically anybody. Mick Schumacher could come back. I mean, there's there's all kinds of possibilities, right? And I think I think there's there's many different ways this could go. But but guys, who do you think is your your best candidate, your worst candidate, and your most likely candidate. Well, worst candidate for me would probably be Nikita Mazepin. Yeah. Okay, but out of right. the out of the right. six people that I just mentioned, he ain't lying. <laughs> hey, hey, he does ma- have I'm, a I'm, fastest I'm, I'm, lap in Formula. The Maz is spitting, back. I'm spitting facts right now, Ben. Please, okay, okay. just like Noah, I'm spitting. Spit I'm okay. spitting the truth. Okay, that's um, your that's your best. That's not. That's my worst. Um, um, okay, okay, okay. My maybe I'm interested to see because I'm interested to see. I don't – a driver swap I really don't see happening. Really? Okay. I don't because we talked about it a little bit. I think Carlos 
is going to have a year off and then go to Audi. He said he's not taking a sabbatical, so he may just go I mean, to he, Audi. Will be here in twenty twenty five again. He's a race winner from last season. Audi will one be of only here. three. Yeah, Audi will be here in twenty twenty five. The question is, where is he going to go? Because the only spot in the big six that's going to be open, barring something that happens to uh, Sergio Perez, would be Mercedes. Yeah, we are getting a little off topic though. But who do you think is going to take that Mercedes seat? I don't know if they're going to give it to Albon, but because yeah. two two very young guys, two like guys where I imagine now it's at the point where okay, they're going to start building up George a lot more. So you expect yeah. George to be getting a lot more strategy and decision calls go his way. I doubt. Honestly, you doubt that? Yeah, I, I think I think that if Mercedes is guilty of that, they will have their fan base turn against them because the majority of Mercedes's fans are not George Russell fans. In fact, a lot of them are. N- Against George Russell in some way or fashion. So I, I think probably more likely than not, they're going to try and say, oh, yeah, we're going to be neutral and we're going to let our guys race. But I don't think that's going to be a factor with the with the in-season stuff. Um, but, again, who, who do you think is going to take that spot? I don't think they're going to give it to a straight rookie. Okay. I think they're going to go someone who's raced before. I mean – it kills them because they wanted that all British kind of tandem thing. Right. And they right. had that. Lando just got locked down again. He did. I we don't know if Lando's got anything in his contract like Lewis had where he could opt out. Doubt um, it. I mean Carlos is the safe option. Probably. I could again, I think I don't really have a surefire but, person. I would say maybe Albon or Science, just because I don't think they're gonna go with a rookie. Okay. And I don't think if there's anyone like a midfield team right now, I don't think anyone from Haas is going to get that spot. I what don't about think... Fernando? Now he's he's probably your best option for a plug and play, right? He is. Yes, he has the experience. He's won multiple world championships. He will immediately be competitive in a team, and he won't have that period of time where you need to warm up to the team or get used to F one. Uh, he's he's been at the top level for a number of teams, including Ferrari. Um. Could could you see somebody like Fernando Alonso going to Mercedes? I think I could. And I forgot about Fernando. I yes. The question is, again, we've said this for years. How much more does he have left? Fernando? Yes. He says he's got plenty. I mean, he's he's a year older than Lewis. I know that's and Lewis has signed a multi year contract. And Fernando claiming that he's fresh may or may not be true. True. But even though they're that similar in age, like Lewis has been very, very meticulous about what he does in terms of his fitness and stuff where he does not look that old yeah at all so i could see fernando going there i think that'd be a big move for them to make okay place a world champion with a world champion i think that's probably the best move for them to be able to he can drive whatever car you want on the grid and he's going to be competitive no matter what so i would i would say fernando now the question is is daddy stroll going to come out with a decent amount of money to keep him there because that was probably one of the big Reasons he probably went to Aston Martin. Yeah, and there there is something about Lewis Hamilton leaving as well uh, for Mercedes that really could damage them. I mean, that's a lot of money in watch and other sponsor revenue that you're leaving. There was uh, reports the table. that they won some people in Mercedes wanted to give him an ambassador role with the company until I think 2035 to kind of lock <laughs> that down. And well, I think some higher ups uh, some higher ups disagreed on that, and that's also a big thing because Ferrari is also beginning giving a lot of money to Lewis Hamilton's. Philanthropic um, 
uh, if avenues that he does with his foundation and everything. I think that's a big reason why he went there too, because on top of a hundred million, they're giving money to causes that he cares about. Hmm. I think that's a very interesting point. Also, here's a wild card. Could they bring Nico Rosberg out of retirement? No. <laughs> no. They, nah. They will not do that. One. His last race, he won a world championship. Just saying. One person that I think may get overlooked that I want to highlight is uh, Valtteri Baltas. Because oh I think, yes, I, I forgot about that. I you see think, his Instagram post, no? his Twitter post. Oh my goodness! I, I got show Ben. I think he could be the poor slash cheap man's uh, Fernando Alonso. He has poor the experience. Alonso. He has the experience, but you don't have to go and go band for band with uh, Father Stroll, which you know you can't do if you're Mercedes. You just have to get Baltas on that team. For a lot cheaper money. And, yeah, he doesn't have the experience of winning a world championship or driver's world championship, I should say. Yeah, he but did win he, four he, constructors' championships. Yes. And I think if you put him there, I think <coughs> he races for three or four more years. He helps you with your engineering and stuff like that because I believe he's one of the smartest ones uh, that Formula One has. And Yeah. Yeah. I think you're good to go. My thing is, though, when we compare Fernando to Valtteri, besides the World Championship, it's like uh, Valtteri was in a Mercedes. He did pretty well in it. He went to a midfield team, was not good at all. Like He's become well, he's non-existent. Not, he's not bad. He's just not relevant he's, because he's, Alfa Romeo is so... Kicks Albert. Cry. Mm-hmm. Kick, I'm, I'm kick me in the face is so incompetent as a team... I guess not. Incom- it's not incompetent. They're just uncompetitive. But then again, I think if you put Fernando in Alfa Romeo, he probably does a little bit better at least. I don't know. Eh, probably. I mean, we I just mean, talked about Fernando giving. He's yeah, going to be competitive yeah. in any car. So I, I would say. I would say yes, he would do better. But that car is just so terrible. It might just make Fernando want to quit. And if you're Valtteri, why would you go back? They burned that bridge when they wanted to take a chance on a kid who scored two points before. Even that, even now that I mean, that is the point. I don't know, know what you're going to say next. Valtteri probably has no ill will to but can, Mercedes. But can him and George be teammates? Yeah. With George being the number one. No. Exactly. That's my point. I don't think. I think Valtteri could beat George. That's possible. We've talked about in the past. I know past on the show that their plan was for once Lewis's contract wound up, he was going to be the next guy. Yeah, and now he is the next guy. Mm. It, it fits Mercedes' plan well. Other than the timing of it and the way that Lewis has left, I just I'm shocked at the way that it's all that it's all transpired in the order that it has because you know for a long time the most likely scenario would be you know Lewis stays with the team to 2026 regulations change he's tired of racing with Mercedes and he takes on an ambassador role but no 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 no. He wants to try and stay competitive. Signs a multi-year deal with Ferrari. Like it's it's so unbelievably shocking that there's there's really no there's nothing that we have to compare it to. There's nowhere we have to go off of that's anywhere similar to this. Also, it's it's like just completely shaking up the whole silly season of of next year. Like think about this summer next year over the summer break. There's going to be a lot of things going on. Because people are going to be starting finalizing deals. We're starting to finalize deals, excuse my grammar, for 2026 or in 2025. So 
Lewis signing and going to Ferrari in 2025 means that Mercedes needs to find a driver this summer. And what if what if Red Bull gets rid of Sergio Perez? Like who's going to who's going to take that spot? You know, could you have signs go back to Red Bull, the team that left him or that he left? Again, we, I really want to see what they do with Checo here because now this is going to kickstart this way earlier. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like, every single contract decision is going to be informed by this seat, I promise you. And it's going to transpire in ways that are not dissimilar from Oscar Piastri's contract situation. I think we're about to see a lot of cutthroat deals going on. And it's going to get clicks, brother. Oh yes, it is, and hopefully plays for us too. <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm going to be upfront with you guys. We do love controversies, and I mean, we were going to talk about Haas's livery today for probably 30 minutes if this didn't happen. Yeah, no, like we love this. It's awesome. We, we well, yeah, and we have a whole other segment devoted to other controversial things that have happened in F1. But I mean, I'll, I'll be upfront with you guys. Like stuff like this is good for media. And we try not to capitalize on it excessively. We just try to tell you the story in, in the best way that we can and try and give you our, our perspective on it, but also some honesty, too, and some realism. But, like... I'm not giving you realism. I'm, I'm giving you hope. Yeah. Prayer for Ferrari. That's Noah, I'm giving you Noah hope. is the voice of... Uh, the, voice, the voiceless. I'm basically CM Punk over here. He, so. He's mm. the loud minority, for sure. But, but... <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I just think I think that this summer where we would have two weeks of not being able to talk anything, we're going to have a lot of emergency shows like we did last year with Ricardo. Like, there's going to be a lot going on, and I'm very, very much excited about excited that. Excited for that. But, yeah, we're going to head to our next break. When we come back, more news out of F1. We have one of our favorite tracks has been re-upped to 2029. What track are we talking about? That's coming up on the second half of the show, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1. And welcome back in Smooth Operators. Griggs, hit us with that news about what is it? Uh, what circuit is it? What circuit? What circuit is it, Griggs? What, what circuit Noah is demanding it? I'm talking about Suzuka, the Japanese Grand Prix Formula One will continue to race at the Suzuka circuit in Japan until the end of the decade after a new five year contract extension was announced on Friday. This is from Lawrence Edmondson of an F1 editor for ESPN. The circuit is a fan and driver favorite was due to hold the last Japanese Grand Prix of its existing contract on April 7th of this year, but the new deal means it will remain on the F1 calendar until at least 2029. Suzuka has a special circuit and the part of the fabric of this sport, so I'm delighted that F1 will continue to race there until at least 2029, says F1 CEO Stefano Domenicali. But now, we turn into more pressing matters, and we are talking Politics. about America, technically, a little yeah, bit, but you, still. You want to talk about icons of motorsport. Let's this do it. Is, this is... This is a good time to talk about icons of motors. And this title will enter at F1 Protecting Andretti. From, actually, this is the wrong article, but I'm still going to talk about it anyway. So it's Andretti um, has been denied a early entry from Formula One management uh, to join F1 before 2028, which is when it was assumed they would join, keeping it open for 2028 with a collab with General Motors. They would have joined underneath the Renault engine for 25 
or 26 that they were allowed in early. Uh, Haas's ex-team principal, Gunter Steiner, said, according to ESPN's Nate Saunders, I think they looked at it and thought it was too ambitious. Talking about F1, looking at the Andretti document, trying to get into Formula 1 early. He goes, I don't have all the information. Maybe they looked at it and they said, we want them. We need to make sure they are successful when they come. Protect them from themselves. If you do not remember, 2025 will be the next techni- new technical regulations for Formula 1. So adding a team on top of that could be a big reason why they probably did not go in. But Ben has been very upset these past couple of days. And I'm just going to let Ben go scorched earth here. Ben, the floor is yours. Okay. Well, let me just say this. Um. Mario Andretti himself has more wins than Visa Cash App RB and Stake combined. The individual. Now, for F1 to say that 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 Andretti's name would benefit more from being an F1 team than the Andretti name being an F1 could benefit F1 is preposterous. It's foolish. It's it's absurd. It, it really is the the peak of executive elitism. Right, here's a team that will be competitive right off the bat. They have already started working on a car. They have shown progress. They've shown commitment. They've shown an investment. They were willing to pay the ridiculous amount of money that F1 demanded from them in order to get into the entrance to get their foot in the door. Basically, the only thing that they didn't do was they didn't almost go bankrupt over COVID like the F1 teams did. So you know what? If you're if you're FOM, kick rocks. Get lost. I'm serious. It's it's time for some change, and it's time to see new manufacturers promising to be competitive that aren't satisfied to be a sponsorship car that run around in the back of the grid and be a, a giant shell of a team. I, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. And it's He's sick of it. It's time for a change. It really is. And I don't want to repeat myself too much, but but think about think about how many people we're willing to join Andretti Global F1 to to try and get this team to a grid. It was over a hundred employees that they have already hired to try and get this team off the ground. And for F1 to say, no, no, we don't, we don't think you'll, we don't think we will benefit from you being a part of F1. Then, then where is where is your commitment to expanding into the American market? Where is that? Because that's gone. You don't care about American fans, F1. You care about American money. And and I'm tired of it. Show a commitment. Mm. Stand on your words. It, it's, it's time for some accountability. You will lose a significant amount of your American fan base for the statement that you released. I hope you're aware of that. Can I may bring this. I'm going to bring this up. Do you think it has anything to do with the lack of success from Haas? Where they don't want another. Well, no. Quote unquote, Formula One does not want them to come in too early because we talk about them not being successful. No offense to Haas, love North Carolina. What do they bring? What do they bring? Nothing. They, don't they bring, bring they bring a title sponsorship. What about what about Visa Cash App RB? What about Stake? What about Williams, which is now just being kept afloat by inf- investors? What about those teams? What about the back four? Right. I would be happy to see one of those go. Preferably not Williams. But I would be happy to see one of those go in favor of a team that has a huge backing and is promising to be competitive within three years. Haas has been around for 10 years and have had one pole position. I remember that. It's since I've been an F1 fan, which is probably not great for them. They, they've been... They've been 
on a steady decline and, and have promised to decline further this season. Ayo Komatsu said, yeah, this season's not going to be great because we spent so much time focusing on our car with upgrades last season. That car was a, that car was terrible. It was terrible. It was not competitive at any point. And, and for you to come out and say that the Andretti, which has been developing a car for over a year, and also, also, let me say this, when the regulations change, Andretti has the same amount of time as any other manufacturer. It's not a good excuse. It's not. The infrastructure is there. The backing is there. A, the largest manufacturer in the world, or one of them, maybe, in GM, is there. They're all there. For 2026, major engine change, major chassis change. GM said they weren't coming until 2028, though. Fine. Then they'll use Renault. That's okay. They'll still have a better platform than Alpine because they'll actually develop the thing. Alpine is one of the biggest, and that's big for them to still keep that French market. But, but You still, know what's crazy about in. Alpine, though? Alpine has so much money. They're, they're, they're the, the largest. They're the, the largest manufacturing entity in F1, and yet they suck. They're terrible. They are underperforming. They're the worst manufacturer in F1. Ferrari is better. Mercedes is better. And I guess inevitably Red Bull will be better. They are being handily beaten by customer teams. They need to get their act together too. But for Andretti to come in and say that, yes, we have a power plant. Yes, we have a car. Yes, we will be competitive. I think they, they could even beat Alpine. I just think it's preposterous to deny them that. That's the other thing about this too is, Andretti is not just like some millionaire coming into the game with just money. He is no. somebody that, or not he, but the team itself is somebody that has dominated other series. We've seen it in IMSA. We've seen it in IndyCar. I know they run other stuff too. I think they won. They won this weekend in the twenty-four, right? Uh, no, Penske did. Penske. Penske. Oh, Penske. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Penske. yeah. yeah I Which I was gonna announce as well before we got. All of this bombshell news. I, I watched the Daytona 24. Lovely event. I didn't get to watch it on Peacock because they paywalled me, but I watched the live streams. I That Porsche Penske had a wild ride. I was running it through the night, and I would just wake up, and I'd see, oh, they're running second. Oh, they've got a penalty. Oh, they won. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, regardless of, of, of that, Andretti's been a – Mario Andretti and Michael Andretti, his son who is in charge of the team, have been involved in F1 for a number of years. They know how it works. And for F1 to say, well, we just don't want you for now until 2028 is is pretty absurd. I, I think really they should be allowed in now. But that said, also, you probably won't see results from them until they get GM as an engine supplier. So if if GM didn't say, or if GM said that they wouldn't be there until 2028, I, I kind of understand the reasoning. I just think it's the way that they put it is is very abrasive and icy and trying to burn a bridge with Andretti to make sure they don't come back. But they're going to keep coming back. They've been approved by the FIA. They technically sh- could show up on a race weekend, and Formula One has to not show them on TV. Yeah. They. Could indeed do that. I don't they know could. They, to they do wouldn't that. get black flagged by the FIA because the FIA has approved them for competition. It'd be really interesting to see how the how they handled that if they were to do that. They wouldn't. But they would. But so still, wish they would. It'd be sometimes. very. It's it would be not funny. It's be not like, the right thing to do, but it would be hilarious. It, you would just see like one second, just 
we would yeah. get the Max cam. We would only be watching instead of watching the the, the battle for second. We'd only be watching Max because they know that he's not gonna have any Audi people near him. Yeah, I mean, or no, I'm uh, sorry, no Andretti people near him. What you're you're letting Audi take over a team? Why not? You know what? I, I'd say make a good offer on on Haas. They need to do re- Michael what? Andretti relegation. That's what I'm saying. Well, actually, there's way too few teams to do relegation. Yeah, I know. I'm saying that, but like, there's like they need to have like a okay. You have to meet this at no, least level of standards because like they did, and then they kept moving the standards. I'm talking about with like Haas because like yeah, they went like I think two years without getting a point. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't they haven't gotten a point since 2021. Been three years. No, they got a point this year. Oh, did I'm they? saying, they, I'm saying, kind think, of not think, in a Grand Prix. I'm, I'm talking about 2020, 2021. Yeah, 2020, 2021, and 2022. No points. Yeah, they got they got points in 2022. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. With Mick. Yeah, they got 37 points. Remember, Magnuson finished fourth. Oh yeah, that's right. That that's right. They had a good start of the season. I take that back. But you know what they did after? You know what they did mid season? They tanked because they tried to focus on developing their and then twenty three for twenty three. Twenty three they scored twelve. Twelve points. Twenty one they scored zero. Twenty twenty they scored three. Three. Yeah, Grosjean got two. Nineteen they scored twenty eight. Eighteen the team has been on a decline. Eighteen they scored ninety three. Yeah, the team has been on a decline since twenty eighteen. Yeah, they scored forty-seven and eighteen in their first year. They're just not they had twenty-nine. Look at look at Alfa Romeo Sauber, now now called Steak. Look at their look at their performances. Sauber is the the old one of the, I think it's the fourth oldest team in F one right now, mm-hmm. and they've now become just a shell of what they were. Yeah, it's it's so out of hand. Ben is Ben is mad. I'm I'm upset. He is angry. He's outraged. Get rid of Haas. <laughs> but speaking of Haas, when we come back, we're going to discuss Haas's new livery that they released for just a couple minutes before we get out of here. I don't like it. It's Ben's giving us a preview all the way. But last segment of the show is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. We're back. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin. Griggs is here. Noah's here. And the Haas' livery is here. And guys, guess what? What is It's There's more black. Yes, what I'm talking go, about. Go um, the Haas does it. look virtually identical in livery, but the car that they released, which may or may not be the real thing, looks very, very similar to last year's Red Bull. Um, if you note the side pod design and the rear diffuser, there are some design traits that may or may not call attention to a certain championship winning car. Problem is, it's Haas, though. So yeah. So Greg's take take it away. Yes. I don't even want to talk about it. It's just Let's the look same. At it. So the Haas car is pretty similar to what it was. I liked it when they just had no sponsor that one year. Like that was cool. The, the all white car was very clean. But yes, the Haas is back. A little bit more white on the end of the car this year, and a little bit more accented than it was last year. New sponsor, Play and Go, probably a gambling thing. MoneyGram still really prominent. Chipotle. Chipotle is on there as well. They do have a lot of Chipotle ads. I see. Um, 
I do like this car a little bit. I'm not sure it's nothing innovative. I do think they changed the color of the halo. I'm pretty sure maybe. Wow. Wow. Very innovative. I mean, pushing the boundaries. But it's Haas. It's a mid reveal for a midfield team. The American flag on there is cool, though. I like that. Yeah. Go America. Um, but yeah, it's really nothing impressive. Um, the way they used the red some is interesting, where I feel like they should have just gone for the all black and all white with a maybe a little red in certain places, but the front wing is red, the back wing is red. I really don't like that. I feel like they should have kept that. that. Maybe make just like the halo red or something like no, that. No, I'm okay with the reds. I like I like the variation in color a little bit. I think it's um you already said it's terrible. Well, yeah, it is, but at least there's some color. It's not just black and white. It is true. I think, still. I think it looks cool. I like those colors. You know, it's they're going to look decent on a racetrack. That's what really matters, guys. As long as we're having fun out there and we you know, we have stickers on the car that pay for the car to be out there. I think, you know, it's about all we can ask for. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But I will say I'm trying to figure out what all these sponsors are. We do know what Chipotle is. We know that MoneyGram is – what did we say that was last year? It's like a money – I think it's like a wiring company. Okay, okay it's a wiring What is MoneyGram? Yeah. Is yeah, money yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a money wiring company. I'm going to try to figure out what play and go is. You are the gambling expert. You did give us a great rundown on stake. <laughs> Crypto gambling. Oh, boy. Yeah. Not great. Uh, this is a gambling website, yes. There's a lot of slots. whole lot of slots. <laughs> These are not good slots either. You can kind of tell that some of this artwork is very bad. Oh, this artwork's bad. <laughs> oh boy! Oh god! Yeah, uh, that is the title sponsor of an F1 team. Hey, hey, there's probably a lot of money. It's not title sponsor. It's one of the sponsors. It's one of the sponsors of an F1 team. One of the sponsors of all time. They also do music. They are apparently oh. a they produce songs. Oh, buddy, man, the world of F1 sponsors is just tanked. MTV used to be a sponsor along with Russell Athletic on the same car. Russell Athletic, the local brand from Alexander City. Russell Athletic is cool. The, the the company that used to make the jerseys for Auburn football. Yeah, them. Yeah, so they they were a sponsor of an F1 team, believe it or not, and it looked awesome. Look up uh yeah. Let me let me show you. Let me there show you. There is there are jobs out here for it. Fully remote. Oh wow. Hmm. Company is also based in the yeah. Philippines. That's lovely. <laughs> Look at this. Let me show you all this livery. This was this was awesome. We'll look at it. Look at this. Great look at this beauty. Mm. Yeah, visually interesting. That is a visually visually interesting color one. variation. Good, good. The sponsors are big, but not too big. There was a place for everything. But this hoss just looks kind of like. It was thrown together. I'm not crazy about it. But yeah, is that, do we have anything else today? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we can talk more about the fact. That I like Andretti, this. I liked Haas's clap back. I do think Haas should uh, release not Haas's clap back. Andretti's clap back on Twitter. Yeah, that, that was, was funny. One. I do think that Haas should have released the card North Wilkesboro. 
Sorry, I had to go. I couldn't go one episode. You could not go one episode without mentioning it. Please. You're right. If you want to remove history, stop talking about history. Which I'm not going to want to remove history. What? People Press the button. What but what are you talking about? I'm talking about North Wilkesboro. We need to keep it alive. That is right. We do need to keep it alive. Or no, do you really want to go back to Dallas Motor Speedway? No, I do not. So let's start keep talking about the North Wilkesboro. See, that looks like a clown car. It's not red. Not red enough. There's no there's not enough red in that car. So what is your thought with like, when have Ferrari does like something. more yellow on their car for like those anniversary cars? What? When they did like the yellow on their car a little bit. Um they should have done that. They the yellow driver's suits? Yeah, no. Bad yeah, call. No. Bad, bad, bad move. It's like the green Red Sox jerseys. Or no, not green. The yellow like Red Sox jerseys. That are Wasn't that the, for the marathon? Yeah. But <laughs> they're not the Boston Marathoners. They're the Boston Red Sox. You need to have on. Small market team. Small market team. The Red Sox. Oh, we can't talk about this on air, guys. We can't get into it. See, that's fine. The white is you not like noticeable. The white? the white is not noticeable. It was. It was. That's like the top half of the car, though. Yeah, but it's also red in the areas that I looked at. Okay, so when you saw the Las Vegas livery and you were so upset, you know it was a tribute to that, right? You know. And they did it well. You know, there's also a tribute to a thing called winning. Mm. Right? Yes, this you was can... a tribute to winning because this was the last time they. Uh... Never mind. Yeah, because. Never mind. You make the car less paint equal faster car. Yeah. So you have to spray it once with red and then spray it again with your other cars, your other paint, or your other color, so that way you're not going as fast. You cut down on weight, that make you faster. What? Right. I think they should bring back silver as like a front wing color. That'd be cool. I Talk think, into the mic. I think they should bring back silver as a wing color. <sighs> but... We'll have much more livery talk next week to discuss, but that is going to be all for our show today. If you missed any of today's show, check it out on your favorite podcast platform a little bit later today. But we will see you back here same time next week, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on Fridays. But until then, for Ben McClurkin, Noah Phillips, I'm Greg Blankenberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. We thank you for listening. Have a great weekend and more Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.